Words of Wisdom from Noah Don. This is Katie Morikawa. This is an excerpt from Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. It's the kind of passage that's just filled with gems of insight, <laughs> a parable inside of a novel. And you could dismiss them as just pithy phrases, but if you really need them, they're the kind of words that can save and change your life. It took me forever to finish this post. <laughs> and I started it because I was listening to this passage and I thought, ah, oh, that, that's just so good. And I thought, ooh, a quick post for once. And, you know, because I wasn't feeling like very creative mentally. Um, but of course, then I did all these graphics and I got really into it. And then I was like, I am no good at recording these kinds of like dramatic narratives because um, it's really, you know, acting in a way and trying to do voices, which I have finally decided I, I should just, you know, <laughs> stick with what I know. I am nowhere on the level of these uh, audiobook narrators, especially the original narrator of this, who is an absolute master, um, Michael Kramer and Kay Redding. So uh, I did my best. <laughs> so before I start, I wanted to... Um, talk a little bit about my last post, uh, focus on what is right in front of you, because uh, I've had a couple conversations with people since then, and I realized that there is this tricky differentiation between focusing on what is right in front of you in terms of just the life that you have and, uh, you know, dreaming something new, creating something new, um, making changes in your life. And I I just, you know, like want to emphasize that I don't see um, any contradiction with focusing on what is right in front of you in working to create something new. Um, and so, you know, because whatever that is, whether it's a piece of art or whether it's a creative, you know, an innovative solution or whether you're like working, you know, on a career change or whatever it is, um, you can be doing that in the present. And so, you know, the only like tricky point um, I think that can happen is, you know, when you've got a transition period maybe where like, you know, a big chunk of your life is spent doing the old things. And then like, you know, some chunk is spent doing, you know, creating the new things. And <clears throat> that if you, you know, if you really like allow yourself to stay present with the old things while they're needed, while you need to still be doing them, um, that that can help you be present to everything. And so then there's more of you to bring to this new thing that you're bringing forth. And um, rather than just, you know, like rushing through it and not paying attention to it and just getting onto the important stuff, you know, <laughs> which is so tempting. But like, Sometimes there are answers to your future in the boring old present, and you might miss them. Um, and also that, uh, you know, when we're working to create something new, sometimes we can like spend a lot of time like dreaming about what our life will be in the future when that happens. And, you know, we can just spend all our time in fantasy, which 
you know, it just, it leaves us without all of our resources, basically. You know, I don't want to get into like a moralistic judgment about that because we do not need as much, you know, as much, we need less of that. But, uh, you know, it just leaves you with fewer eyes on the ground, basically. You know, just from a pragmatic, pragmatic point of view. And the future is never what you think it's going to be. You know, like how it's going to be to have that thing. You know, it's almost never. Occasionally it is. And it exceeds your wildest dreams. But um, anyway, uh, just, you know, it's the whole one day at a time, which is going to be a theme in today's post. And now, without further ado, Oathbringer by Brandon Sanderson. Spoiler alert, if you haven't read the series and want to, this will reveal some plot points that remain a mystery for the most part through most of the first three books. The passage begins in chapter 103, Hypocrite, and this is the setup for the scene. Dalinar opens his eyes into a waking dream in the palace of Noadon. It is peaceful and filled with light, but it's a light that's so bright that Dalinar actually sort of flees inside from the balcony. He's been, he's been drinking. <laughs> he's been drowning his sorrows in the bottle. Um, and so there he sees an old man writing at a desk and it is Noadon who has aged, but Dalinar recognizes him because He's seen him before in a vision as a much younger man. And this is also something that's been going on. It's, it's unusual and there's you know, a big backstory behind it, but he's been having this series of visions about the ancient past. Silver-haired and wrinkled, the author of The Way of Kings, uh, it's a famous book that Dalinar has been reading, is not writing his masterwork, but a shopping list. <laughs> Noadon invites Dalinar to join him on an excursion to the market for ingredients to make bread and then leaps off the balcony and slides down a long banner to the ground, which is something he can only do at his advanced age because of special powers available to some in that world. He leads Dalinar on a jaunt to haggle for flour, at the end of which he tips the scales in the merchant's favor Tucked into this charming scene are some profound words of advice for Dalinar, who is struggling with his demons while the world's urgent needs press upon him. There is satisfaction, he said to Dalinar, in creating a list of things you can actually accomplish and then removing them one at a time. As I said, a simple joy. Unfortunately, I'm needed for bigger things than shopping. Isn't that always the problem? Tell me, my friend, you talk about your burdens and the difficulty of the decision. What is the cost of a principle? The cost? There shouldn't be a cost to being principled. Oh? What if making the right decision created a spren who instantly blessed you with wealth, prosperity, and unending happiness? What then? Would you still have principles? Isn't a principle about what you give up, not what you gain? 
So it's all negative, Dalinar said. Are you implying that nobody should have principles because there's no benefit to them? Hardly, Noadon said. But maybe you shouldn't be looking for life to be easier because you choose to do something that is right. Personally, I think life is fair. It's merely that often you can't immediately see what balances it. He wagged the finger he'd used to tip the merchant's scales. If you'll forgive a somewhat blatant metaphor, I've grown fond of them. You might say I wrote an entire book about them. Noadon's book, The Way of Kings, is about principles and metaphors. This is different from the other visions, Dalinar said. What's going on? The thumping from before returned. Dalinar spun, then charged out of the tent, determined to get a look at the thing. He saw it above the buildings, a stone creature with an angular face and red spots glowing deep in its rocky skull. Storms, and he had no weapon. Noadon stepped from the tent, holding his bag of grain. He looked up and smiled. The creature leaned down and then offered a large skeletal hand. Noadon touched it with his own and the creature stilled. This is quite the nightmare you've created, Noadon said. What does that thunderclast represent, I wonder? That's the giant stone creature. Pain, Dalinar said, backing away from the monster. Tears, burdens. I'm a lie, Noadon, a hypocrite. Sometimes a hypocrite is nothing more than a man who is in the process of changing. Wait, hadn't Dalinar said that? Back when he'd felt stronger, more certain? Other thumps sounded in the city, hundreds of them, creatures approaching from all sides, shadows in the sun. All things exist in three realms, Dalinar, Noadon said. The physical, where you are now, the cognitive, what you see yourself as being, the spiritual, the perfect you, the person beyond pain and error and uncertainty. Monsters of stone and horror surrounded him, heads cresting roofs, feet crushing buildings. You've said the oaths, Noadon called, but do you understand the journey? Do you understand what it requires? You've forgotten one essential part, one thing that without which there can be no journey. Monsters slammed fists toward Dalinar and he shouted, what is the most important step a man can take? Dalinar awoke, huddled in his bed in Eurythiru, asleep in his clothing again. A mostly empty bottle of wine rested on the table. He buried his face in his hands, trembling, Something bloomed inside of him, a recollection, not really a new memory, not one he'd completely forgotten, but it suddenly became as crisp as if he'd experienced it yesterday, the night of Gavilar's funeral. The story picks up in chapter 105. These are Dalinar's memories of the night of his brother's funeral, haunted by guilt at having lain passed out drunk the night Gavilar was assassinated and thus failing to protect him. Dalinar struggles to get away from the people in attendance after the funeral. When he hears a voice down the hall, 
speaking the words his brother wrote in his own blood before he died. In the distance, a voice. You must find the most important words a man can say. Which key was it? He got one into the lock, but it wouldn't turn. He couldn't see. He blinked, feeling dizzy. Those words came to me from one who claimed to have seen the future, the voice said, echoing in the hallway. Feminine, familiar. How is this possible? I asked in return. Have you been touched by the void? The reply was laughter. No, sweet king. The past is the future, and as each man has lived, so must you. So I can but repeat what has been done before? In some things, yes. You will love. You will hurt. You will dream, and you will die. Each man's past is your future. Then what is the point, I asked, if all has been seen and done? The question, she replied, is not whether you will love, hurt, dream, and die. It is what you will love, why you will hurt, when you will dream, and how you will die. This is your choice. You cannot pick the destination, only the path. Those words, could words give off light? The reader, Dalinar discovers, is Yasna Kolin, reading from The Way of Kings on the eve of her father, Gavilar's funeral. He joins her, spellbound, and she reads the whole book to them that night. As she finishes, Dalinar finds himself weeping without really understanding why. The book was a series of vignettes, but what was it saying? Of course, we come to understand that he is so moved because these words hold his redemption. This is why I'm sharing them here today. Many readers of this series have spoken about the power of Dalinar's journey and the courage and resolve it has given them to go on living. The Waking Dream with Noadon is a creative parable within the novel Oathbringer, the third book in the epic fantasy series, The Stormlight Archive. In this world, bonds between humans and spren, which are fragments of power shaped by human emotions and natural laws, who have become self-aware, create a synergistic kind of power known as surge binding, which is formalized in the orders of the Knights Radiant. Humans and Spren bond and grow in power and insight through sworn ideals, which they must live up to in the face of crisis and trial. Each order swears their own ideals, but all the orders swear the first. Life before death, strength before weakness, journey before destination. Noadon was a philosopher king of ancient Alethala and author of The Way of Kings, a book about principles of justice, leadership, service, and humility. Noadon was a surge binder and founded the Knights Radiant. Dalinar Kolin is a bondsmith, an order of Knights Radiant, and High Prince of Alethkar who abdicates to lead or rule the rediscovered city of Eurythiru, 
ancient home of the Knights Radiant. Dalinar's is a rocky journey. As the world faces destruction, Dalinar struggles to reckon with his brutal past as a warlord. He swears the third ideal of the bondsmiths by realizing that the most important step a man can take is not the first step, but the next one. I will take responsibility for what I have done. If I must fall, I will rise each time a better man. So that's the actual third ideal that he swears. And of course, it's the most dramatic scene. <laughs> it's one of the scenes where you, you sort of scream out loud. It's like, oh my God. Um, in this world, um, power is sort of readily available like in the atmosphere as this stuff called stormlight. And gemstones can hold it and the night's radiant can draw it in and it, you know, powers them. And so, um, you know, when this event happens with Dalinar, it's this like terrible confrontation and battle and situation. And um, he grasps the fabric of the other two worlds, the spiritual and the cognitive, and he brings them together. You know, he slams his, his hands together and it opens this brilliant column of light, <laughs> of stormlight, <laughs> you know, and it unites the, th the, the three realms. And he says, in answer to a character's questions, uh, I am unity. And, uh, you know, he's a bondsmith. He forges bonds. Um, anyway, it's one of those moments. You have to be there. <laughs> so I thought I would end with uh, words from Dalinar's memoir, which is a memoir inside of a novel. Um, and it's also entitled Oathbringer. This is from the preface. The most important words a man can say are, I will do better. These are not the most important words any man can say. I am a man, and they are what I needed to say. The ancient code of the Knight's Radiant says, journey before destination. Some may call it a simple platitude, but it is far more. A journey will have pain and failure. It is not only the steps forward that we must accept, it is the stumbles, the trials, the knowledge that we will fail, that we will hurt those around us. But if we stop, if we accept the person we are when we fall, the journey ends. That failure becomes our destination. To love the journey is to accept no such end. I have found through painful experience that the most important step a person can take is always the next one. So I don't know about you, but uh, that gives me chills. And uh, <laughs> I think that, you know, obviously it draws on a lot of what AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, you know, has as the, their cornerstone, which is, you know, you take it one day at a time. And the, the, many of the folks who have really um, found refuge and strength in Dalinar's uh, story have been uh, addicts or people with PTSD, um, soldiers who've come back. Um, but I also think it, it goes a step farther um, because in some ways, uh, the one day at a time motto of AA is about, you know, not biting off the whole 
uh, elephant of your life, you know, the, the idea of like spending the rest of your life uh, sober, um, but of just, you know, can I be sober today? And can I be sober for the next hour or for the next minute? So it's, it's a powerful and effective, um, but essentially a survival strategy. Whereas this one also, you know, it, it includes that, but it, it brings with it the additional notion of redemption and the, and the notion that, you know, yes, you may have done something horrific. And I mean, Dalinar's history is like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> Um, you know, he's, he's a person of discipline and honor, but also like, oof, it was, it was pretty intense. And instead of branding himself as uh, a monster and a horrible person and having it end there, um, that, uh, realizing that he, that the next step offers him the chance to redeem his life. And I mean, he has to do that. He has to take that step and and not just go on living in the shadow of his you know past crimes, but you know work towards um, redeeming and um, you know making profound amends <laughs> by living a better life. And so um, we're so quick to brand and judge based on you know uh, something that someone has done. You know, so a murderer is always a murderer rather than someone who committed murder. And maybe they now have have an opportunity to turn their life around. You know, it's like if we can't embrace the the power of, of people to change, then like, what is the point, honestly? So I love this. Um, and I love... I love so many other things from this. It's like, it's like I said, it's just full of these gems. You know, anyway, I hope you enjoy chewing on them for yourself. And you know, I don't know, whatever you wanna do with them. <laughs> I am planning to chew on one of them myself uh, in a future post, uh, the one about life is fair, because it's a tricky one. I mean, on the one hand, I instinctively believe that, you know, it's the whole, law of cause and effect and the law of karma and you know i think that eventually things the scales do balance just you can't always see in what ways um but it's it's also really you can get into a really simplistic uh view with that um looking for rewards for your good behavior and um you know all you have to do is look around at the world and see that uh, life is not fair, at least not in any of the ways that we would understand it. And um, that was actually one of the big uh, revelations for me, or is the liberation to accept that life isn't fair and shit happens. And, you know, if you can accept that, then you can take responsibility. You can stop looking to God to reward you for being a good person and instead take responsibility for, you know, at least what humanity can do and make the world a better place. So anyway, that is all in the future. I hope you have a great week. Um, if you decide you want to uh, read the Stormlight Archive by Brandon Sanderson, 
I'll just warn you that it is huge and massive. And I mean, if you're not a reader and if you don't love fantasy, you're probably going to get bogged down. I mean, it's really long. There's tons of battles. <laughs> so if you don't like violence, like I don't recommend it at all. Um, you know, the audio book for Oathbringer, which is book three, is like 47 hours long. <laughs> But I will say the narrators are freaking amazing and they do a million times better job than I did with this, which has just been very humbling. And, um, you know, it just makes me like awe and, you know, sorry, it makes me revere them um, so much more. So uh, have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.